following podcast contains spoilers and words like G, whiz, and gosh damn it. We watch it. Hello everybody and welcome back to We Watched a Thing for another week of fun. This is a very special week because I've got a great guest, someone I've been trying to line up on the show for a very long time now and I'm so excited to have him here. It's Joey from So Wizard. How you doing, mate? What is going on, everybody? It is great to finally be here. Um, not just to finally be here, but to finally be here recording this. We've been trying to schedule it for a little bit and it's been a little rough. So, uh, time difference, <laughs> crazy stuff going on, but we are ready yep. to rock and roll. Talk about, <laughs> yeah. uh, talk about a great movie. Oh man, this is going to be exciting. And you are, you, I mean, I'm sure that people know who So Wizard are. It's been running for so long now. Not only is it a great pop culture show, but it's, I mean, geez, you must be one of the longest standing indie podcasters there is, right? That is a terrifying uh, statement, <laughs> but it is, <laughs> I, maybe it is true. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, we just celebrated eight years in August. Um, I've got the show planned out through the middle end of next summer, so <laughs> we're, wow. we're good. Nice. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I always say we have a team. We have a team. Thank God we have a team. Um, and I yep. always say I'm glad I found three other people who are masochists with no life so <laughs> you know, we can make sure we get this done every week. Yeah. But, uh, well, it's an you awesome know, it, show. It, it works for us you know, every week. We're just, just there reviewing movies and nerdy TV shows. So good times. Yep. It's an awesome show. And speaking of things Thank that you. are awesome, let's get to this week's film, which uh, you chose. Um, <laughs> well, kind of, actually. I reached out to you and I said, you can pick anything. And you sent through a list of your all-time favorite films. And from memory, this was around number 15 to 20, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, talk us through The Room and why why this makes your list of favorite films. <laughs> I consider myself a bad movie connoisseur. <laughs> so... I've been watching bad movies long before I even watched Mystery Science Theater. My friends and I used to go yeah, to the yep. video store. And, and again, I sw- I'm aging myself. So for your listeners who are potentially thinking about listening to my show, I swear <laughs> I'm hip, I'm cool, I'm wow, I'm now. But we used to go to the video store and we had we didn't have Blockbuster in our town. We had a bunch of mom and pop shops and they all had yep. sections just filled to the brim with horrendously bad movies. And that was just our thing. Yeah. Half day of school, walk over there, get some snacks, spend probably more time picking out the movies than watching them <laughs> and just trying to find yep. the shittiest movies on earth. So I've always been a huge bad movie fan. And this is, in my opinion, I agree. I don't know what reviewer it was that said it, but it's been passed around forever, is the Citizen Kane of bad movies. This is yes. the worst yep. movie from start of production to finish, this is a disaster yep. in the all the best ways. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It, it, I mean, it's, it's not a movie. Myself, it's not but... a movie like Sharknado or something. You know, like somebody says to you, oh, "I love bad movies." I watched uh, Sharknado <laughs> the other day. Like, no, you don't really conceptualize like something like this. This yes. is something completely yeah. <laughs> different. <laughs> It's so true. I mean, I'm right there with you. Aging myself a little bit too. My very first job was in a mum and pop video store and (laughs) it was still to this day the best job I ever had. You'd finish at midnight and you'd take home an armful of movies and watch them all night and then rock back up to work the next day. And I'm, I'm the same. I love a bad movie. And I think you're right. What makes this so special a movie like Sharknado is almost too self-aware. Mm-hmm. Like, it knows that it's a bad movie. They know that going into it. I don't think you can make a movie like The Room without 
because there is literally no self-awareness here at all. And that's what makes it so good. (laughs) Yeah. And and, and going forward now, since he made this, like Tommy Wiseau is self-aware. He understands what's going on now. So he could never go back and do this again. He never could. It would never work. I know people have demanded the room to resurrection or whatever, (laughs) but it's not going to happen because it just wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't be the same. This is legitimate incompetence combined with genius on screen. (laughs) It's just so good as a bad movie. It's so good. Well, let's get straight into it then. So The Room is a 2003 American drama film written, produced, executive produced, and directed by, as we said, Tommy Wiseau, who also stars in the film Mm -hmm. uh, alongside Juliet, Danielle, Uh and Greg Sestero. And I'm going to do this to you. What is it about, Joey? Um, That's a very good question. (laughs) Um, It's a very hard question to answer. Uh, Tommy Wiseau plays Johnny, who apparently is the nicest person on earth, <laughs> yeah. does everything for his friends, his family, he does a great job at work. Everyone loves Everybody him. loves him. Except his girlfriend, <laughs> yep. who wants to cheat on him with his best friend. Yeah. And that's that's literally the movie, basically, then with some really, really weird side plots thrown in, which I'm sure we'll get to with some other random characters. <laughs> um, so this is this is a weird one. Where do you even start with this movie? How do you, how do you want to start this discussion? Uh, I mean, it, it's it, it just starts, and <laughs> and he comes home from work, and it's it's hard to just describe and like talk about. You really do have to watch it, so that's not very exciting for a movie discussion <laughs> podcast, but. Um, it's hard to describe to someone who's never seen it. Like I said yeah. earlier, like you, someone can't conceptualize this. Like it's so poorly acted and mm, written yeah. and it doesn't barely make any sense. So, you know, he comes home from work and his girlfriend um, is there, Lisa. She's his fiance, but she's not his fiance. She's his future wife. Yes. Uh, she's <laughs> never called his fiance yep. through the entire movie. Everyone speaks like Tommy Wiseau. Yes. He doesn't write this to have different voices. Everyone is him. And so he, everyone calls her his future wife and they have a strange man slash child that lives yeah. in their same building. It's so uh, named Denny. Yeah. When I was rewatching last night, his introduction, you're almost like, wait, is he their son or something? Like he has zero introduction to this character. He just rocks up and wants to watch them banging. And that's it. Right. Right. <laughs> he, so, so like he looks like he's in his 20s. Yeah. But he, he acts like he's like 10 <laughs> yeah. and he just wants to hang out with them. He thinks they're going upstairs. They're going upstairs to, you know, get it on. Yeah. And he thinks they're going upstairs to like hang out. And, and he just shows up in the bedroom. He's like, hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> it's very awkward. And they're like, oh, Denny, oh, you can't be here. <laughs> you do a good wise <laughs> Oh, good. I watched the movie enough. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, the acting from start to finish in this film is so bad. And obviously, Tommy Wiseau is at the center of that. But sadly, it's not just him. There's not a good performance in this film. And I mean, you can't blame the actors because, like, really, what are they working with here? Um, if you had to pick the best performance in this film, where are you going there? Um, I would go with Steven who is a random guy who shows up at a party that we've never been introduced to before, um, who has no backstory. Uh, Peter, who is uh, Tommy's friend, just magically disappears halfway through the movie. Yep. And this random guy is just at their party later on and 
is l- in- intimately involved in the plot line for about 15 minutes and then disappears again. Yeah. Yeah. I think from memory, legend has it that as he was writing the film, that's supposed to be the same character. And about halfway through, he switched the character names and then they just rolled with that being a different guy. Yeah. No, they, they had basically they had a deadline. What, what they had the guy that was playing Peter available for. Um, and the day they were supposed to do the party, they decided they'd rather film them playing football in tuxedos outside. So they wasted the entire time they had remaining yep. filming the scene that does nothing <laughs> for the movie. And then they were like, oh, crap, we we just going to grab this random guy and have him be in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just bizarre. The whole, the whole plot is really weird. Like, I almost don't understand. You know, like, people have said that it's maybe semi-autobiographical, which is just, <laughs> that just, it, it can't be. This is not a real life, like. Well, maybe, maybe it is, though. You know, he seems like a weird guy. So, he, maybe he really did have a girlfriend that cheated on him. Yeah, he really maybe. does think that everyone in the world loves him and just yeah. wants everybody, wants to be his friend, except for the people that cheated on him. Yeah. Um, the best part of the beginning of the movie is it, it is a pure endurance test. Like we've said multiple times, this is not baby's first bad movie. Like this <laughs> yeah. is not something you're going to put on for somebody that hasn't really experienced bad movies before. Because the, there's three graphic sex scenes oh in the my first God. Like 20 yes. minutes of the movie. <laughs> and, and, and they're not like... This isn't like, oh, you know, it cuts away or they're under a towel. Like, you see his butt, like, yes. pumping. Yes. <laughs> and I hadn't actually noticed this until last night when I was watching it, but I was fucking howling laughing. I had to bite a pillow. I was laughing so hard because <laughs> I was going to wake up the family. When he's moaning in the scene, he goes, ah. Uh. <laughs> yes. His, his silly little laugh, which has become like a signature. You know, I can't hear it without. Oh, what a story, Mark! <laughs> like, and it's so true. He's doing it. I couldn't believe. Nev- I've seen the movie probably ten times, yeah. 13, 14 times. I've seen it in the theater multiple times. I had never noticed that before. Yeah. And he's like moaning in, yes. in between. It's just like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've what a turn on for Lisa. Yeah, you know? I've seen the movie plenty of times, but it it has been a while. So when I rewatched it last night, I had forgotten how much of this movie is practically <laughs> terrible pornography. Like, there are so many sex scenes. Like, two or three of them are just the same shots repeated as well. Like, yep. Oh, my God. It's so bad. That is uh, one of my favorite movie-going experiences. I saw this in the theater right around when the disaster artist had come out yep. and was collecting up awards. And a bunch of people – I took my daughter and her friend to see <laughs> and, and, because and, – there were a bunch of people in the theater that clearly were there to be like, what is this yep. that had inspired um, an award-winning movie? Like, what is – I have to see it for myself. Yep. Maybe they had already seen The Disaster Artist. Maybe they hadn't. And just <laughs> sex scenes one after the other. Yep. After the other. I was laughing so hard <laughs> in the theater. I was just like, ah! <laughs> just watching the older people in the theater just sink down in their chairs or get up and leave yep. was worth the price commission. <laughs> yeah, those sex scenes are horrendous. And the music, oh man, you are my rose, you are my rose, you are my rose. <laughs> just, oh man. <laughs> I want to renew my wedding vows just to have that song played at, at the ceremony. That's, That'd be amazing. And not tell my wife what's going on. <laughs> Oh. I don't. I might not want to do that. Give her a chance to change her mind this time, so maybe we won't do that. But that's my plan, at least. Yeah. 
Oh man, L- let's talk about the the look of the film if we can. Um, <laughs> so Tommy Wiseau directed this movie famously, had no idea what he was doing. I'm sure that you know this. Many many people know this now. And as you just mentioned, the disaster artist now kind of. I don't know if you've read the book, but uh, even the yep. film very kind of comprehensively gives you an, an oversight of how this movie came to exist. Um, Tommy Wiseau made the baffling decision to film this movie with two different cameras at all times using both video and film because he didn't know what he was doing. Um, I mean, what do you think of the camera work in the film? Uh, it's it's bad and it's hilarious. <laughs> um, I love the green screen roof. Oh, my God. Like the, the, they have a roof set that's on a green screen yep. background of, of San Francisco when they were in San Francisco, I'm perfectly able to just go on the roof and shoot. Yeah. yeah. My son walked in the room at some point. He always seems to only come in the room when I'm watching like the worst stuff on earth. <laughs> and he just, he sat down and he just kind of stared at the screen. And this was right after, right around when Chris R had uh, showed up to get money from Denny. Yeah. So he was just laughing. And then he's like, is that a, is that a green screen? Like, <laughs> what, what is this? And, and, and he's like, is this, is this movie supposed to be like this? And I was just like, yeah, kind of. And he just shook his head. I was like, why do you watch stuff like this? And he just laughed. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of drugs? (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Yeah, it's such a baffling decision to to make this fake roof set with, as you said, green screen, when they literally could have just got up to the roof of this building. And that's that's the most insane thing about this movie is that this is like, yes, it's terribly made. It's not low budget though. Like, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's obviously it's not Infinity War, but there, there was considerable money spent on this movie. And even like the film crew were like a proper hired film crew. This wasn't him just getting friends together and, you know, throwing a camera at something. And that's why it's so amazing that this movie came out the way it did so <laughs> badly because that, you know, like, there are some movies you watch where even though they're terrible, you can feel that at least the actors are having fun and that the crew really mm-hmm. care about what they're doing, that they maybe think they're making something better. What makes this movie really work is that this is one man who thinks he's making the greatest film on earth and every other person involved is putting in zero effort because they know how bad this thing is. Like this thing could have looked great with a proper crew like this, but they're just like, nah, this, this isn't worth our time. No, and it's just hilarious. Like he heard somewhere that movies shoot on sets. Yeah. So that's it. He's building sets. It doesn't matter. Some Somehow he got $6 million to make this movie. Yeah. Sell, selling and- leather jackets is his story. <laughs> So legendarily, or, you know, the legend of this movie is is he had a billboard up for, like, years mm. that cost him $5,000 a month, uh, which was literally just the movie covers. It's a picture of his face. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so no description of what the hell this was, but he paid five thousand dollars a month for that. Where did he get that I money? Know. It's um, crazy. It, it's this crazy like legend. And then I know he had mentioned wanting to upscale it to three D. <laughs> 
um, when you know, like when all the 3D movies were the rage, yep. he wanted to re-release this in 3D. But he just said it, it's not worth it. It wasn't shot that way. He'd have to remake the entire movie. Wow. So that was actually a rumor that was going. Well, I'm, I'm he's going to remake it in 3D. I'm glad that never happened. Can you imagine during that sex scene? Uh, Tommy Wiseau's oh, gross, <laughs> ugly old butt coming out of the screen towards you. <laughs> <laughs> Just so nasty. Yeah, it's you're right. Uh, yeah, because I remember hearing the story about that billboard and- Especially when you read the book, The Disaster Artist, I think, which is written by Greg Cicero, who plays Mark, it is Mm -hmm. evident how embarrassed and ashamed some of these people were for being involved with this (laughs) movie once, you know, because Greg was kind of friends with Tom and he agreed to do it as a favor. And it's really sad because he actually had a little bit of an up and coming acting career. And he just thought no one would ever see this movie. And then all of a sudden there are billboards and he's trying to submit it to the Oscars. And it's. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know um, Lisa like disappeared for years. Like she did just persona non grata. She finally came back to social media a few years ago. But I mean, Greg and Tommy have made a career out of touring with this thing at this point. So it's it's hard to really feel bad for either of them. Oh, yeah. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Chris R is the one to feel bad for. He, he was trying his best. <laughs> Have you been to any of the uh, the more kind of? You mentioned that you've seen it at the cinemas a number of times. Have you been to any of the more kind of theatrical showings where you do things like throw spoons and shout at the screen? Yeah, I, I, I have. I don't know the audience participation stuff. So, like, if you want me to, I could sit here with my eyes closed and do Rocky Horror with all the audience participation lines off the top of my head. Right. No problem. (laughs) Um, Even though it's been a long time since I've, you know, spent midnights on a Saturday doing anything other than sleeping. (laughs) But that was actually how I saw The Room for the first time was I saw it in a movie theater. Um, We had heard of it. Um, it, it came out at a weird time. Like it was not quite the internet yet. I, I didn't have Cartoon Network at my house, so I hadn't seen it when they would play it for April Fools. Yeah. I'd seen some memes and some little videos of it. And I'm like, I got to see this movie. I have to see this movie. So it was playing around here and, and we went and saw it, me and a whole bunch of my friends and we loved it. Um, and then, you know, throughout the years, we've been to different screenings of it and yeah, people throwing footballs, people throwing spoons, people screaming and yelling at the screen. Yeah. Um, mostly it just devolves into a giant mystery science theater, uh, (laughs) with the entire cinema. But to me, the fun is always taking somebody that hasn't seen it before. Yeah. Maybe at this point, it's hard to escape having heard of it. Yeah. Uh, most people have heard of it, but they, like I've said a a couple times, right. They can't really conceptualize like how bad this really is. So I love, I love bringing people with me to see it or sitting down and watching with them when they don't really know what they're getting into. Yeah. Usually about halfway through the second sex scene, they're like, (laughs) what, what, what is this? Like, what did you do to me? (laughs) I mean, the thing that makes this, the thing that I love the most about this movie you know, watching it from like a writing perspective is trying to figure out these characters because <laughs> their only personality trait is that they all love Johnny, except for Lisa, mm-hmm. who inexplicably seems to hate his guts. And it makes no <laughs> yep. sense. Like, just out of the turn at that point where she's like, he's hitting me, <laughs> like, and like making <laughs> these stories about him. And it's come out of seemingly nowhere when everyone else loves him. And that first time that she calls Mark and she says, like, 
hey baby and like you think that they're already having an affair at that point but then he comes over and she's trying to seduce him and he's like what are you doing johnny's my best friend and it's like what is going on (laughs) uh probably my favorite line in the entire movie and it not that the whole movie doesn't just slay me every time i watch <laughs> yeah. it but uh, i forget what happens something happens where you know she, she does something with johnny and then she ends up sneaking off to call um greg yeah or greg yeah you know and um she's like hey baby i miss you and he's like i just saw you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Even he's sick of her at that point. It's just like I I don't know why that absolutely cracks me up every single time I watch it. Or when she calls him and he's like, "I'm really busy." Yeah. He's just sitting in a parked car doing nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's so bizarre. I mean, just some of the dialogue in this movie just sings, doesn't it? Like, put your stupid comments back in your pockets. <laughs> <laughs> but and that that's what I love about it. everybody talks like Tommy like yeah. he did not make any effort to write characters everyone is just him yeah and god that scene where they're in the cafe and he's like oh we, we go to the bank we make a lot of money <laughs> I can't tell you about it like yeah. well, why is this even in the script then yeah, I know or they're, <laughs> there's, yeah. they're at Peter's house and he's like they start talking about running in a marathon for some reason that has nothing to do with anything yep. and um, Greg's sister's like Oh, I, I ate so much food that day. They're, they seem like they're improv. Yeah. You know? oh, I ate so much food that day. The, Tommy just like kills the whole scene by being like, oh, the barbecue chicken and w- all that rice. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? The whole scene just screeches to a halt. It, it's it's incredible. Like, that was the take they kept in. I that know. was the improv yep. take they, t- they kept in. Like, oh, my God. It's so bizarre. that This is beautiful. Be- and it's ineptitude. This is beautiful. Yeah. The best bit to me is, yeah, when they're in the cafe, it's like, I, I, can't, I can't talk about it. So, anyway, how's your sex life? It's like, <laughs> just that turn. It's just <laughs> insane. <laughs> Do you think that there is a world- where this movie, okay, so like this story, this plot, someone has pitched this plot and a studio for some reason has gone, yep, I'm in. <laughs> Do you think there <laughs> is a world where this story could have worked in the hands of a better uh, writer? Yeah, I mean, sure. If somebody else completely wrote the script and the story, it's pretty basic. You know, yeah. the guy gets cheated on by his girlfriend with his best friend. Uh, it's very basic storyline, but- I mean, I think even today, Tommy Wiseau might have been able to walk into some streaming service and pitch this movie in the year 2022. Well, yeah. And maybe have gotten it, you know? Yeah. This would be a Shudder original or something. This would be on on something. You know, I don't know what what streaming services you guys have over there, but we've got a lot of shitty ones. You got got your big ones, and then there's those weird ones. So, like, what is that? What, your show's on Roku? What are you talking about? (laughs) Somebody, Quibi, somebody would have put it on somewhere. Like, like that's the, that's the, way the world is right now but yeah i i, I don't know in 2003 but then again you never know because he was so nuts he may not have ever went for that yeah. he wanted it on the big screen he's like he thought he was the next scorsese so yeah. he may have just said no i'm not putting on streaming no way yeah. he, he Tom Cruise or something. <laughs> yeah. so. it's so true i mean honestly even some of the big streaming services this this isn't that much worse than a lot of the stuff that goes to netflix these days like and at least this is fun <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if I, I mean, I don't know if you guys have Tubi over there, but Tubi has some horrendous movies I, on I it. I just saw and they're, the other they're day. They're Tubi originals. Yeah, I just saw the other day that Tubi is making a uh, an adaptation of the the Depp Heard trial. 
That's insanity. They have a sequel to War of the Worlds that's uh, really bad. I watched that the other night. Uh, it's like one of the Baldwins, not the one, not Alec Baldwin, one of the other Baldwins. Right. One, one of those that didn't shoot anybody on set um, is like a general in it and they have reused special effects from some other movie. Oh God, it's horrendous. But so there, there would have been a, a market somewhere for this movie. They would have found a way to, <laughs> the, the most insane part of the journey of this film for me is the fact that he hired a cinema to play this movie for two <laughs> weeks, just so that it was eligible for Oscar nomination. <laughs> for <Oscars. laughs> like, that is the most insane bit to me that even by the time, like you can understand someone with kind of delusions of grandeur as they're writing something being like, this is amazing. You know, even while they're filming it, you're in that zone of, you know, like seeing it all come together. But it is so hard to imagine a world where anybody, <laughs> even the maker of this film, watches this film from start to finish and thinks that it is Oscar worthy. <laughs> <laughs> and the scary the scary thing about that is we may have never heard of this movie ever. Yeah. Some guy who happened to be really into bad movies just stumbled upon it one day yeah. in the theater close to the last day it was playing. I think it made like 40 bucks the entire two <laughs> weeks it was there until this guy stumbled upon it. And and here we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let, let's- Nearly 20 years later, we're still talking about this movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's absolutely true. Like, you know, say what you will about this film. How many movies from 2003 still get spoken about today? Not many. I mean, okay, uh, Raimi's Spider-Man, I think, was 2002, and that's still in the zeitgeist. But, you know, it's not common. <laughs> Let's get straight down to it then. Out of 10, and the, I'm really, really interested in this bit, how are you scoring the room? Because- Oh, this is a 10 out of 10. This is 10 <laughs> out of 10. You cannot make a better movie than this. For a bad movie, a good bad movie cannot be better than yeah. this. This is the best one of all time. I, I agree with you a hundred percent. You you could not do this if you tried to. Like people have tried to make bad movies to be fun and stuff, but it just, it doesn't work. Like you need, like I said at the start, just it's the authenticity with which this film is made that makes it what it is. I'm an eight out of ten. Um, I had <laughs> I'd forgotten how many repetitive sex scenes there were. Um, <laughs> I had forgotten just how much fun Denny's drug dealing encounter is. <laughs> what kind of drugs, Denny? <laughs> just some of the worst acting of all time. You can't watch this movie and not have fun with it, I think. If if you are the kind of person who, like you say, you can't this isn't somebody's first bad movie. Like you no. need to get some Roger Corman into them or something first and kind yeah. of build them up. But <laughs> but what's your kind of at like expert level bad movies? This is you can't not have fun watching this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me. Can you tell everybody where they can find So Wizard? Oh boy. Um so every week, So Wizard Podcast, me and two of my friends, we review movies and TV shows. That's on our audio podcast. And that's been going on since August 2014. So every single week, we've never missed a week since then. Um, lots of cool stuff coming up throughout the end of the year. So definitely come check us out there. Plus our YouTube channel, which is run by Adam. That's all supplemental content. So that's interviews with, with creatives and um, unboxings, trailer reactions, all that kind of stuff, and more movie reviews and things as well. So go to SoWizardPodcast.com, and that's your hub for everything. That's where you'll find links to all our stuff. 
And you can follow us all over the place. And we're glad to have you. Nice. Well, definitely go check them out. The entire So Wizard conglomerate is a whole lot of fun. It's it's and not only fun, but informative. It's cool. It's great stuff. I would love to get into maybe some more like TV stuff over on this show. Uh, But in the meantime, I mean, yeah, your show is the place to go hear about it. (laughs) Well, if you ever want to talk about space above and beyond, I'm your man. Okay, sweet. (laughs) Well, thank you. (laughs) Pencil it in. (laughs) Thank you so much. Next week, I will be joined by Nick Haskins, formerly of Epic Film Guys and currently from Nikolai's Kitchen. We're going to be talking Clerks 3. Um, Have you gotten to that yet, Joey? No, I have um, soured on Kevin Smith. Yeah, a lot of people uh, have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just picture him crying all the time, <laughs> and, and I just, I, I don't know. It's just, I, I guess I'm not the same person I was when Clerks came out. I guess you know, I yeah. loved Clerks, loved Mallrats, loved Chasing Amy, and then it just kind of fell off. I, you know, what it was for me was I got disappointed when he was going to make movies that weren't. Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah. He made this big grandeur. I'm going to go off and I'm going to be the nerd that conquers Hollywood. Yeah. And he failed. Yeah. And he just came right back to dick and fart jokes. Yeah. And it was it was just too disappointing for me. I could never go back after it, that. And you know, you know what I find really disappointing about that is I actually think, like I love, Chasing Amy is one of my all-time favorite movies. Clerks, Dogma, they're all fantastic. I think that Red State is up there as one of his best. Um which mm-hmm. I think from memory, yeah, was probably his first. Well, actually, no, Jersey Girl was probably his first kind of non-viewer-skewed-universe yep. film. But yeah, then you're right. He just went straight back to it. And Jane and Bob reboot was one of the worst things I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, never, never even watched it. Yep. So. Yeah. But I'm keen for Clerks 3 and I'm looking forward to chatting to Nick about that. It'll be great to finally have him on the show, too. Uh, Nick is awesome, yeah. so I, I I will be listening. All right. Well, in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with me, you can do that at wewatchthething.com or wewatchthething at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchthething. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchthething, and I'll catch you next week. Y- you're still here? The-, the show's over. Go home. Go. But if you can't get enough of We Watched a Thing, why don't you check out our Patreon page? There's tons of behind-the-scenes content, heaps of bonus episodes. You can get full, unedited videos of each episode recording. You can pick a movie for me to do on the show, or even come and join me while I talk about it. So why don't you head over to patreon.com forward slash We Watched a Thing. Go watch a movie.